Attention! The movie guys love movies. Any comments about boxy movies getting to be a lot like wrestling pictures are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Jack Lipnick? Now people are gonna say to you, Wallace Beery, wrestling, it's a B picture. You tell them. Bullshit! <laughs> Somebody's gonna have to fill in the blanks. Yeah, I know. How are they? Uh, no, no, how are they a lot like wrestling pictures? Well, you know, back in the day, I think, uh-huh. during the era of Barton Fink, where that clip is from. Yeah. What kind of movie are you gonna make? I'll make a re- let's make a wrestling picture. Uh, you know, box- I mean, there's been like four boxing pictures in the past two years, and it's, so it's getting to feel like uh, it's a genre that you could bring anything to, and you would get it released and still uh, have a hit. Yeah. All right. So now that makes sense. Whip one of those on the public. Got a beer. Give one of those. Yeah. Give him a boxing picture. <laughs> we don't know what to do with this Justin Bieber. He needs to break into films. Yeah, Put him in a boxing picture. No, I'd like to see that. It just seems like boxing films, there's really only one direction you can go with this. <laughs> he's either going to win the fight or he's not. Now, I guess you could say that about any almost any. Any sport movie. Yeah, or any sport movie, yeah. yeah. But boxing seems really pigeonholed that way. That's one You're to right. one. You know? yeah. It's not the whole team or anything. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing. Is he going to beat the guy? Maybe he beats the guy. But these, uh, these zombie movies I thought it'd run Whoop. their course and then zombie Walking boxer. Dead comes out. <gasps> zombie, zombie boxer. Zombie boxer. Pat Pending. Pat Pending. Alright, screw it. Going Welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling <laughs> movie guy's empire. And we're a little too traumatized to enjoy a scone right now. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, banter, and more as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week. Just search, uh, just search, search, oh, search, search, oh, or search. Oh, is that the new site that I'm not on? Search.com. <laughs> well, there's uh, Google, right? Bing, and that's Yahoo. You type in the movie, guys, we come right up. And, of course, the show is absolutely... Hey, Paul, uh, good news. I don't know if anyone else knows this, but the Tooth Fairy does visit you after 30. So I do have some money on me. I don't want to explain why. Yeah, why do you... Wait, why why did you put teeth? a tooth back <laughs> in? Ticking meth again? Oh, dude. No, it wasn't mine. Uh, I just put a tooth under my pillow. Are you oh. tricking her with a partial? <laughs> <laughs> my mom's bridge work. Bart, don't worry about it, because the show is free. Thank oh, God. well, I'm going to keep right. that quarter. That goes for everybody. Mind. The show is free. Yeah, please don't send us your teeth. <laughs> Does not rise with inflation? A quarter? Maybe well, again, it wasn't my tooth. I think I think the fairy knew that. And we encourage you to subscribe, especially at iTunes, share and like posts on social media, at the movie guys, pretty much across the board. And if you do, still no charge. Wow. I'm your host for the hardest working podcast in all the land, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. Virgo, avid skier, gluten-free, and 100% jazz to meet you. Adam Witt. <laughs> Her first baby, come out sideways. Didn't scream or nothing. <laughs> Bart Caius. I expected a little more out of Varsity Letterman. And we are joined all show long by a multi-hyphenate yeah? oh, actress, oh, comedian, yeah. stand-up comic, writer. She's created and starred in her own sitcom, Life's Work, and has been featured in the likes of Killers, Bruce Almighty, and War of the Worlds. She co-stars in the new indie comedy, Dependence Day, now on all manner of video on demand. Lisa Ann Walter, everybody! Pleasure to be here. Now, yeah. I was confused whether or not her name was the hyphenate or her skill set. Uh, Either way. Okay. Is there a hyphen in Lisa Ann? There is not. No, is there? Yeah. no. There's just a Lisa and an Ann, and you don't have to call me both because that just means I'm in trouble. Lisa Ann? Lisa Ann! Ann Walter. Anyone ever call you Ann Walter? No. That's, that's your kind. news name. Yeah, or Ann Margaret. It could be like my 60s sex kitten name. Which is yeah. a hyphenate. Uh, You're right. Uh, so is multi-hyphenate. 
But anyway. Hey. <laughs> you know what? It's though when you're in this business and people ask you what you are, you have to pick one or it just sounds like you're trying too hard at everything. Mm-hmm. Isn't right. that true? And it's so amazing because in order to get ahead in this business, you have to do all that work. Especially if you're a chick. Especially if you're a chick. Uh, you can sit around waiting for people to hire you Ooh. and you're unemployed. Absolutely. So Bart- I started very young creating my own shows. Bart has a, a theory that actually I've come to believe in, and it's true. Your Ooh. theory of people in L.A. Oh, yes. It's, What's the theory? It's just full of people standing around waiting to be told what to do. Absolutely. That's right. I told this to somebody one time on a, it wasn't even on a set. I think we were doing something for my kid's school and nobody was paying attention. It was a bunch of Hollywood folks. And I said, listen, if you want actresses to do anything, just go like this. And, and everybody turns around. <laughs> I just, just give them the, and what do I have to do? <laughs> and it's true. Because the next word for those of you who are not actors is action. action. Oh, there you go. So. I thought they were saying Anne, Lisa no, Anne. Lisa you do command attention. You command attention. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. As long as you get Walter at, right, because usually it's Walters. That's yeah. usually oh, that's what true. That you'd put an S on there, right? Yeah, because yeah. Walter's a dumb name. Oh. That's a dumb last name. Well, Lisa's not. At least Lisa you're Ann's not Walter, Walter. Walter. People in my hometown do that. They call people what? John Johnston. Oh yeah. Well, that's kind of old school. Thing. Yeah. I've been doing that for centuries. What would have Walter Walter Paul Preston Preston? That could have happened. That's that could have cool. happened. That's kind of if you want a really theatrical name, the, na- the great name would be Anne Scene. Oh, <laughs> look at what you hey did! Man, bringing the curtain down every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Lisa will be or Lisa Anne. We'll be. We'll see how much trouble she gets in. We'll be joining us this week for a brand new movie previews. Right, we will prepare you for what's coming to theaters this weekend with spoiler-free previews. We go over it all because someone has to. And this week we take deep dives into three new films. Just when you thought you'd have to take the kids to Hacksaw Ridge on Thanksgiving, here comes Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Also, it's that time of year when we gather to watch a white guy box. Oscar season. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> this year brings us Bleed for This. And later in the show, the 2000s are almost 17 years old, so why not a movie that reflects the times we're living in very specifically. Oh. It's the edge of 17. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. I just thought that an adult should know. Wow. I wish I knew what to say. You know, actually, I was writing my own suicide note just now. As some of you know, I have 32 fleeting minutes of happiness during lunch, which has been eaten up again and again by the same especially badly dressed student. And I finally thought I would rather have the dark nothingness. (laughs) I have admitted before that I am old and old beyond my time. But Grandpa Kai has been for a while. Yeah, yeah. I was. You were born... fifty when I met you. Exactly. <laughs> and I have got, not it's gotten not so younger. much that you're old. Then you're just crotchety. I'm crot- very well, crotchety. You know She's met okay. you for ten minutes and Which... nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but I am now at the point where I can't. I can't tell you if this movie looks good or not. I have no idea if this is relatable. Is this what kids look like? Talk like? Is it? Is it what it, they're going through? I, I don't, don't know. even think it matters. Anytime there's ever been a movie aimed at teenagers, when teenagers see themselves just being teenagers, they're like, "That's about." me yeah i don't know that it matters but is this what teenagers look like will they do that with this movie i guess is the question because john hughes i still see john cusack walking around doing stuff and he's 50 yeah (laughs) he still look like he's in a john hughes yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think lisa's got a good point though because it's just the idea that whenever you see something or someone uh mirrored on screen you just go that's me and especially if you're a teenager 
I remember mm. I would always love movies about teenagers when I was a teenager. Now I don't care about what teenagers are doing. Right. Think about the angst they went through in Breakfast Club. Yeah. And, and and people watched that movie and were like, this is my anthem. This is yeah. about me and my friend. And then you watch it now and you're like, oh, my God. It <laughs> <laughs> was really that awful. <laughs> All right. Every day after school. Huh? I watch that every day after school. Every day after school. In the eighth grade. Yeah. I watched that over and yeah. over and over. That was my Okay, so who were you? Well, that's the movie. Th- that's There's five of us. We've each got to yeah. pick one. Oh. I mean, I was Allie Sheedy. Really? <laughs> yeah. You mean I, I have to be Molly Ringwald? Yes, you look most like Molly All right, wait, Ringwald. wait. Let me do the lipstick trick. Hang on. <laughs> you have the, she does have the cleavage for it. And she the totally red hair. Does. Let's go with the red hair first. I'm saying. All right, guys. Cast yeah. yourselves. I would be Emilio. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, would, yeah. I would put you uh, of us. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would I have to be Brian then, because you would then you're bender? more Bender. Am than I, I the am, more Adam. Bender? All yeah. right. Yeah. I think of the two of us, I'm pretty. That's straight. like getting the Darth Vader in the room. It's like, all right, he's kind of the bad guy, but you know, <laughs> who doesn't like Bender? Damn, it's the bad. I want to be Bender. <laughs> What's that? Do you have an earring? An earring? earring? I did have earrings. He did. Yes. Did you? Yes. Did you ever commit a felony? But no cigar burns. No, no felonies. Well, he would be the most felony between these two. He was sexy right up until then. <laughs> Night's not over, lady. <laughs> yeah, with the new proposition we just passed in California, you're going to break even fewer laws now. I've, I've done some things that are frowned upon. Does that work? Of course. <laughs> hey, as long as you're inappropriate. Did a, ju- did a judge frown upon it? Or? Yes, yes. He hey, did. Lisa, if living on the edge gets you hot, I'm still using plastic grocery bags. So, uh, hey. wow. Oh, thank you. Man, that is positively punk out here. <laughs> I tell you. Oh, my God. Three I'm days sorry. into I that, I got band. you way off track. No. Let's go back. There's no such thing. That's how this goes. That's, That's, how this goes. That's exactly how this is. This is the track. Welcome yeah. to it. Cool. <laughs> you see on the script where it says brief discussion? Yeah. That, that was it? That was this. Yes. <laughs> I'm really good at this. You're well, we really natural. nailed the script for that one. <laughs> tell you, I'm not excited to be Anthony Michael Hall. Hi, oh, he's really? wonderful. I actually yeah. just went to a um, a film festival with him f- to, for this movie, Dependence Day. Oh, I like your shirt. And That's cool. Thank you. Oh, and yeah, uh, a shirt there. and up in South Dakota, and they were all fantastic. Anthony Michael Hall came, and I thought, oh God, what's this going to be like? And I was nervous because a lot of times when a kid was a, a big kid star, I've seen how this movie turns out. As we like to say, it mm-hmm. can it can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And he was delightful. Yay! He was really sweet. He was really um, self-deprecating. He was smart. He wanted to hear other people's ideas. He was, he was a nice guy. He's no Todd Bridges. I say that because that's a joke, inside joke. You'll realize later on Todd Bridges is in your movie. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's actually very but, handsome. But you also get to be yeah. the kid yeah. from Vacation, right? If you go to Anthony Michael Hall, I just get to no, be No, I guess I'm, the, I meant Brian specifically. Oh. Well, and <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall circa... Um, 17, 16 candles, <gasps> total dweeb. Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall now, babe. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll take totally. Dark Knight, Anthony Michael Hall. Right. Okay, see, yeah. that's fine by me. But you've yeah. done Ren Fairs. I mean, you were also the other Anthony Michael Hall. I mean, you can you can, you can work that. I, I created a woman on my computer. <laughs> Never came to life, but. <laughs> All right, listen. I want to I want to hear more about the Ren Fair, but go on. <laughs> I used to light my shoes on fire. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's get to our first film. Warner Brothers Pictures, in association with J.K. Rowling and the Electoral College, bring you fantastic reasons to not talk to Uncle Frank on Thanksgiving. <laughs> fantastic beasts. Wait, isn't that what Lady Gaga calls her fans? Uh, perhaps. Let's talk about it. It's just 
not bad music. How great are the police? I love Good the police. lord! Like I'm 30 so seconds into this, God. I'm like, can we stop the show and just How listen to an album? I know, right? Howard Stern just had Sting on, and they did the most fantastic interview. Uh, Sting is so pragmatic and smart and articulate, and he's so interesting. If you, ah. And he you practices said, uh, tantric sex. Right? What can't he what do? And how did they not talk do? about that? They bathe, because apparently. there's so much to talk about. And I gotta tell you, tantric sex to me just sounds like a whole lot of time spent uh, on something that yeah. I really only need 10 minutes for. Yeah, and it's after like, a while, you're like, can we just go to a movie? It's like sending out an Can, SOS. Like, no, one I, loop of that was fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. Let's get, I got crap to do. Let's you know, move along. Lisa, it is Sting, move it along. Sting, move it along, Sting. Come on, Sting. I do like Sting. Some of us aren't rock stars. We got to go to TJ's and pick up milk. I thought you shortened your name because you were efficient. <laughs> he dressed like a bumblebee. A he was wearing black and yellow one time in a recording session, and the guy didn't know his name and kept referring to him as Sting because oh. he looked like a bee. Oh, okay. And then everybody loved that, and his mom started calling him Sting. Is that true? Yeah. That is true. So why is the wrestler called that if he dresses like the crow? Hmm? This I don't know. Yeah, I can't that's a good question. I always thought that was weird. Hey, <laughs> frustrated movie marquee typesetter. The good news is you can stop putting up the letters for Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, but there's a new reason to use the number three as an E. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Now, you'd think that that's one of the longer movie titles of all time, but it's actually beaten by Miss Peregrine's Home for a Peculiar Series of Unfortunate Children Who Went Up an Assassination of Jesse James But Came Down a Coward. Thanks for everything, Robert Ford. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Under Your Bed? No. In Your Closet? No. Oh, I know, in the basement. Yeah. No, actually, they're in a suitcase. A suitcase? What? Well, that would explain why traveling's such a nightmare. Okay. <laughs> and what kind of luggage fees must they be paying? Probably flew southwest. Okay, enough out of you. <laughs> Fantastic beast of no nation and where to find them, as any Harry Potter fan knows, and as I just learned researching this preview, is the name of the textbook that Harry Potter studied in wizard school, along with other salacious and suggestive and corruptive literature like Catcher in the Rye, Where the Wild Things Are, and Tiger Beat. Wait, Paul, so this movie is based on a real book? Based on a book? All right, wait to get a load of this. Fantastic Mr. Fox and Where to Find Them was a book before it was a movie, but it was also a book in a movie before it was an actual book. Then it became a book that was then turned into a movie. Wow. What? Exactly. <laughs> Set in the same world as Harry Potter and drawing on the rich history of Harry Potter's box office performance, this is a prequel of sorts to the entire Harry Potter's franchise, which some fans aren't too happy with. I don't give a sh- where the stuff I love comes from. I just love the stuff I love. <laughs> Taking place some 70 years before Harry Potter even attended Hogwarts, this movie tells the story of Newt Scamander, the author of Fantastic Beasts of the Southern Wild, a textbook <laughs> Harry Potter later on reads in wizard school. Newt had planned only a brief stopover in New York City on his way home from a worldwide excursion of collecting and documenting magical creatures. But when Delta loses his luggage and all the monsters he collected escape into the city, Newt has to explain himself to the wizarding community. Monsters in New York? <laughs> How did anyone notice? I thought we were done with you. No, we're not. Seriously, he's not bringing those beasts into Trump's America, is he? And furthermore, this guy can waltz right into New York with a suitcase full of boogeymen without having to go through customs, but I can't get a Mott six-pack of applesauce into Canada without having to declare it as fruit? No wonder America's losing the war. The war. Uh, wait for it. <laughs> the Harry Potter band really is back together. That's Steve Cloves, David Yates, David Heyman, and J.K. Parker! No, not Simmons, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> the film stars Eddie Redmayne as a man playing a woman playing a man playing a wizard. 
after winning an Oscar for playing a man with ALS, Eddie Redmayne here plays a man struggling with Asperger's. Well, at least that's what it looks like to me in the trailer. Now, this film and the books they're based on feature a number of beasts that most people might not know. So as a public service, I will now read names from the actual list of beasts, along with some I've made up and some random types of pasta. Mooncalf, Flobberworm, Nogtail, Dugbog, Rumsfeld, Kofi Annan, Fishbone, Jaiman Hansu, Mastacholi, Noki, Stuffed Shells, and Trump Dick. Amazing. Early reviews are in. Really weird. J.K. Rowling's Does It Again, says J.K. Rowling's Summer Home Architect. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> excited. Ah, well done. Fantastic beasts. And where to find them. Is it just me, or does Eddie Redmayne kind of look like a woman no matter what character he's playing? He's, he's British. He's frail. Uh, yeah, he's there you British. go. British, All of those right? things could be frail mistaken. Like <laughs> Small. Might be gay, might he be has, British, might be frail. I don't know. He has that flappy hair thing going on, which happens all the time in the trailer. He's always kind of dealing with his bangs. I don't know what that he is. Girls find that very hot when they're 13. Oh. Yeah. There you go. And he really does talk like this, though. He does a lot of mumbling, I noticed. <laughs> Is that your Eddie Redmayne? Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> I think Christian I've Bale it. does that, too. Who? He's a mumbler. Christian Bale. Yeah. He's a mumbler. Oh, yeah. But it might be the part. I mean, then again, I don't think I've ever seen Eddie Redmayne come into a room and go, How are you doing, pal? Yeah. Like he's Hello, not that my guy. honey. Hello, my honey. <laughs> Hello, my rock. Wasn't yeah. that the weirdest thing? And uh, not to skip topics so quickly, but uh, Doctor Strange. Wasn't that the weirdest thing about uh, Doctor Strange that you'd never seen Benedict Cumberbatch play like dicky kind of soap opera doctor like at the beginning he's just sort of like hey i'm the guy with the ferrari like, like you're like well i guess i've never seen him play 80s uh 80s you know teen jack Wagner. and, and where did all these r's come from <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yes lots of r's yeah oh, was he playing an american he, he was. was playing an american oh you haven't oh, seen it no i gotta tell you i'm a little annoyed with all the brits playing americans thank I'm you kate blanchett can do the accents all the rest of them think everybody in america Sounds like they're from Texas. Yeah, actually, or, southern. Or they do this, and I'm like, there's stuff in between. <laughs> southern is the closest correlation to British. Like our southern dialect yes. is closer to British. If you, you you can slide in and out of the two of them easier than anything well, else. Actually, I will I will say this. It's one of the things I studied quite uh, vociferously. That's not the word I meant, but you know what I meant. That's Wait, a great Southern like, accent. Um, no, no, that wasn't all. The, the Southern accent was closest to the posh British because oh, they had the longest spice. vowels and the loudest R's. And also Boston, similarly. That's ah, where yeah, Pac, yeah. the car. So they they um, emulated the, the posh British accents, but there were other areas that had, you know, they, I mean, they model these sounds, you know, with where I grew up in Maryland, you had a lot of trip thongs instead of dip thongs. The radios are turning off all over America. <laughs> no. no, but seriously, there's a lot of stuff that it's instead of like, you know, oh, it's oh, like we had in Maryland. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's lower class British. And also sure. hard dentalization. Do you know where that started? Hard dentalization? Yes. That's my like, favorite Steven Seagal movie. Hard dentalization. <laughs> hard dentalization. It's like dent. Right, yeah. 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 where you drop yeah. the you drop the the glottal stop and you hit the hard T's. That's because of industrialization. It's a little Cockney, right? Perhaps. Yeah, I thought you were Cockney came through because of the industrialization in London and other populated areas. Then you started, you know, and all these sounds are really hard. And... Do you do a lot of these in the in the movies? 
No. I know. I was going to say. I That's the thing about movie saying. acting is they don't really let you act. Well, they don't let us do it in Great Britain. We're not allowed to go over there yeah. and have accents. Yeah, well, right. They You're come right. over here all the time with their stupid accents. I thought when you said hard dentalization, you were going to explain why they have bad teeth. Ah. You're obsessed with teeth today. <laughs> this guy. Uh, today? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Always. This will I'm be sorry. this will be the first Harry Potter world movie filled yeah. with Americans. He's a, he's a fish out of water. He's the Brit. So usually that movie's oh, packed full. I mean, every great British actor has been in the Harry Potter series up till now. Mm-hmm. Yes, from Kenneth Branagh to Maggie Smith to everybody but Jeremy <laughs> Irons, Walters. pretty much. Yeah. Oh, Good absolutely. Last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Imelda Staunton, and it just goes on and on and on. Ray Fiennes, so good in that series. Yeah, and Michael Gambon. R.I.P. Alan Rickman. Yeah, and Alan Rickman. Uh, but now here it's going to be Eddie Redmayne, and then. Bunch of U.S. chaps. Well, they're good. They should make a lot of money. Because right. J.K. Rollins This will make a ton of money. Well, it's it's different. At least it's like an, an adult going on adventures, and I don't have to be wrapped up in Harry Potter. Like, I kind of enjoy an adjunct story. It would be good to start over again, wouldn't it? I mean, you can't come in four or five movies into Harry Potter and enjoy yourself, I don't Not think. Not a single you have, one. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't like the first couple of them, I haven't seen though? a single one. Really? Not a single one. I have to tell you this, and I'm here with a friend of mine, um, Kevin. Uh, we'll post a picture later. But anyway, he's a <laughs> delight because he came with me when my daughter turned, what, like 10, 11? And the first Harry Potter movie came out. And I was reading all the books to her oh, going yes. up to it. So it was like when the second book came out, the first movie came out. So all of her friends were into it. And he was a, a total friend because all of these little girls were at this movie screaming at the top of their lungs oh, because they were big, big Harry Potter fans. <laughs> and they lost their ever-loving like the minds. Oh, it was. It was yeah. like the Beatles. Yeah. It was like a, a, a movie event. Oh, of a. They just lost it. And I have to tell you from reading the books... It looked in the movie exactly like I pictured it in the book, which doesn't often happen. No. So I really loved the first couple of movies, and then after that, I was like, all right, I'm done. That's enough. I actually thought they peaked about four or five in, and yeah. then they trailed it from lost my interest sort of towards the end. It became just kind of a big fight. And so what did you think of the movies that they did afterwards to try to capitalize on that, like the Miss Peregrines, like that that type of movie? That's you... still flowing, right? I mean, obviously yeah. Miss Peregrines, but the, there's the, those type of sort of uh, Britishist adventures, uh, you know, little fantasy uh, castles and stuff. I can't remember. There's another long-titled one that came out last year, right? <laughs> um, Lemony Snicket. Well, there's Lemony Snicket. Mm-hmm. And then there, That's yeah, actually what's... a good series of books, too. Unfortunate Events. Anybody who's ever read those books, it's like, these are for kids? The most horrible things happen to the people in these books. I think that's becoming a television show. <laughs> Is yeah. it? Oh. Yeah. I really like the movie, actually. But that's also that going... Emma Thompson, too, who I, I adore. Like going back to the John Hughes thing, I mean, I think people see this oppressiveness of the elder witches and stuff. I mean, kids are going to read that in as as a uh, symbol of like, oh, yeah, my parents won't let me out either. Yeah. This stupid, uh, you know, uh, the, whoever the uh, Ray Fiennes uh, villain is or whatever. Yeah, but oh, I'll books. tell you who it is. In this movie, Colin Farrell. Oh, I'm a big yeah. fan, and I love it when he shows up in a big underused, popular movie. Underused. There's yeah. another name in this movie that I can't find anywhere. What? Johnny Depp. He's credited, and his he, character he is, is mentioned in the trailer, but don't they a star, no, Senior Depp. I saw you brought that up. And, that would be advertised, uh, wouldn't it? He, well, he's... Maybe he comes in at the cast, end. They've already oh, taken this and have made it a five-picture story. Yeah. Uh, he comes in, he's in the last in. scene, and everybody's like, oh, oh, oh I got to come uh, to look, the next Iron one. Man. So you'll Ooh. see him in a future movie, and they're going to lay groundwork for him here, I think. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. But Thank to your God. Point, to your point, uh, children's books used to be all about 
frying kids up and slicing them up that's and a, eating them. And now it's all just, you know, pats on the back and special little snowflakes and rah, rah, rah. I was, oh, no, no, no. I, People get eaten in Harry Potter. I am, okay. I am, I am close to a Disney icon based on the remake of The Parent Trap. And that original German story is about parents who took twins and like separated them for life. And then oh, they, oh. they remade it as a fun Disney flick. <laughs> like yeah. that story is really sad. I I have identical twins, yeah. weirdly oh. born on the same birthday as the twin characters oh, I in the parent each trap. Because that's how it works. Yeah, it, it is. That's <laughs> amazing. That yeah. is so cool. Yeah, identical twin boys. And I always think, what if we just? Because of course I divorced their dad. I live in L.A. But <laughs> I mean, what if we just went? <laughs> two is too much trouble. <laughs> I just you take one. You know what? I'll close my eyes. Pick one. They're both the same. <laughs> Yeah. Are there any twins who were born like 1155 and 1205? Oh, yeah. So they have two different birthdays? Yep. That there's precedent cool. for that? Yep. There's also twins, identical twins, where one committed a crime, but the other one got like put in jail because of the DNA. Oh, yeah, the That's Corsican happened. brothers, right? Oh, yes. Okay. One can feel the other's pain. Yes. Tomax or Zamot? Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong, yeah. yeah. Tomax and Zamot. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> All right, no let's good. get on to our next movie. That's enough uh, <laughs> fantastic beats. Everyone's going to see it. It's going to be making a bazillion dollars. These sound fantastic, You don't way, have a Paul. choice. If you have kids and it's Christmas, you're going to see yeah, this movie. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. And it's Christmas for the next two months. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, it's Oscar season, and that means at least one of the contenders for Best Picture will be a triumph of the human spirit. And no human spirit is more triumphant than the spirit of sports. Or poltergeists. Those spirits triumph a lot as well. Adam, let's talk about Bleed for this. Here we go! Say, are you like Grandpa Bart Caius and don't like any surprises in your movies? Hate them. Well, then Bleed for this is the film for you. Oh, also, Adam, it's a good reason to play... Guess what it's about! Yes, guess what it's about. America's favorite prizeless game where movie guys around the table guess what the movie is about, based solely on the title. This week, Bleed for this. Movie guys, guess what it's about. Ooh, an eighth grade uh, sex education film for girls? Not so much. A teen vampire sex romp comedy about teen vampires romping... And having sex? Not that I wouldn't watch that, but no. Uh, 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 the Day in the Life of a Phlebotomist. No. A really, really sexy phlebotomist? Okay, it's actually a boxing movie. Ah, you mean like Rocky? Yep. Or, or like Rocky too. Yes. Or Raging Bull? Oh. Yep. Or Creed? Southpaw? A Million Dollar Baby? Uh, ooh, The Fighter? Ali? The Hurricane? Yes, yes, it's like all of those, okay? <laughs> there have been a lot of boxing movies. This is another one. Miles Teller, an actor who always looks like he's been punched in the face anyway, plays <laughs> Vinny Pazienza, a world champion boxer who suffered a broken neck in a car accident. Now, since a boxing movie about an overdog has never been made, Vinny has his career cut short. Uncoincidentally, on the same day, his car ride was cut short. But Vinny, de- <laughs> too soon. But Vinny defies his doctor's orders and begins training in the hopes of one day climbing back into the ring to prove to the world once and for all that boxers aren't exactly the brightest folk around. I like eggs. <laughs> I like the over easy uh, eggs. It's a hard egg order, Howard. hard egg order, Howard. We have all heard, uh, we all have that friend who can't help you move because they hurt their back. Well, they should take a tip from Vinny Pazienza. <laughs> Aaron Eckhart plays renowned boxing trainer Kevin Rooney, who trains Vinny during his quest to return to the ring in less than a year after his accident, helping the fighter overcome tremendous odds and common sense. Take note, Bart. 
Aaron Eckhart is sporting his Oscar nomination <laughs> hair. Oh, well, yeah. gives me hope. Yes. His doctors thought that, as a boxer, he would never montage again. But Vinny <laughs> goes on to prove that it's not the fast-paced juxtaposition of images to compress time that makes the boxer. It's whether the movie ends in a freeze frame or not. This really is the boxing equivalent of Tracy Morgan's struggle to return to dick jokes. Oh. Or it's the Gloria Stefan story with more punching. <laughs> Miles Teller from Whiplash, Divergent, and That Awkward Moment. Oh, I've just been handed a press release. That's Miles Teller from Whiplash. Yeah. This is the latest installment of Miles, Miles Teller Can't Catch a Break. I mean, he was abused in Whiplash. He breaks his neck in this. He was in Fantastic Four. <laughs> to get into the role of an actor playing a boxer, Miles Teller trained for months and got ripped. Finally, because I think we've all had enough of actors playing boxers and taking it lightly. <laughs> so the Human Torch and Mr. Fantastic have played boxers. Your move, Kate Mara. The film also stars Katie Seagal, who plays Vinny's mother. Because when you need someone to play tacky, trashy, and mouthy, well, who better than Peg Bundy? I do not need. The film is co-written by Angelo Pizzo. <laughs> Pizzo Pizzo. Pizzo. Last year, when Pizzo was the writer for An All-American, we made the joke that he promises you a piping hot screenplay in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> We realize how insensitive that joke was, and we'd like to clarify that any time you see a movie with Angelo Pizzo, if you don't like what you're watching, the breadsticks are free. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, there it is. Ah, Bart, it was killing Bart that you didn't win shot. It was on the script. I was enjoying that joke for a minute. A minute too long. We know the formula. He's a winner. He has a setback. He comes back. Adrian! We often comment about uh, how many trailers today seem to give away the entire movie, and unfortunately, Bleed for This is a prime example of that. However, in its defense, this is the true story of a rather contemporary athlete, so it would be difficult to not give away the whole movie in the trailer. As a matter of fact, the only way a trailer for this movie wouldn't give everything away is if you marketed the movie to an audience of historically ignorant, self-centered participation trophy winners. Oh, wait a second. I think this movie Ooh. is going to be a hit. <laughs> Will he or won't he? Can he or can't he? Should he or shouldn't he? All these questions have already been answered, but since boxing is one of America's least favorite sports, there's a good chance that it will still be a surprise to you. There you go. That's uh, we goof on Miles Teller, but in the uh, interest of what have you done for me lately, that would be War Dogs, which yeah, was yeah. great. It was great. Yeah. Nah, it's... That's a soft ribbing. He's obviously fantastic. I love... Did, Lisa, did you see the preview he's for this? He's a fantastic beast, that actor. There is a moment where he's weighing in and he's wearing these teeny, tiny little boxing shorts. They weren't even boxing shorts. They're like leopard prints. Yeah. yeah. Could you see Miles Teller? You could see all everything that was happening and it was fantastic. So check that it was out. Was a fantastic piece. Yeah, I did not expect was him a, to be was so it a hot. Fantastic piece. It was a fantastic beast. You knew where to find that I fantastic beast. I found it, and he's so funny. The other thing that makes it kind of hot is he's all about it. You know, normally when they weigh in, they're kind of doing boxy stuff. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of like a little stripper about it, and you're just going, "Yes, I will watch some yeah, of that." He's showing his attitude at the weigh in. Yeah. So they're on Rhode Island. That's yeah. where he's supposed to be from. Yeah. Yeah, it was all shot back there, too. Yeah. Warwick and, yeah. and Providence. I think, I mean, listen, even so though the people know the story and it's such a great boxing, boxing story, it's such a great comeback story that even if you know it, you're going to watch it. Well, it's like you're going to watch Ali. Yeah, that's yeah. why I like talking about this preview because you can't give anything away. It's all given away. But when I learned, I was, I was a big, yeah. I'm a big fight fan, huge fight fan, and I remember when I learned that 
the Pasmanian devil, as we like to call him, <laughs> uh, had this accident, and he was lifting weights with the halo on. So yeah. he broke his neck. Yeah, I remember hearing right? that too. And it's the halo where they screw screws oh. screws into your skull. Do you remember the when he? Do you remember watching the fight yes. when he came back? Yes. Just screaming Vinny Paz at oh. the screen. Oh. Yeah, it's well, awesome. I wasn't, but maybe you were. But no. uh, <laughs> more many Pacquiao, yeah, exactly. whoever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's insane what this guy was able to do in less than a year after the accident. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I didn't that's, know this story. That's why people get into the boxing movies. I think it's the heart. That's yeah. and it, it it is that way with boxers too. I met Holyfield because um, he wanted to do a show, and I this is one of my hyphenates. I I create <laughs> unscripted TV shows, and so he wanted to do a show, and I just wanted to meet Holyfield. Because I just thought some of the stuff that he had done was extraordinary. I liked his story. And, you know, he's he's that guy. He's that guy who's just, you know, really believes in fighting the good fight and not biting people's ears off. And, Probably the last you know. great heavyweight, unless from Lennox Lewis. Yeah. Is he great? I don't know. But it seems like they, they're boring. Today you don't even hear about him. No. You hear more about the Mayweather class. Yeah. What, whatever, what was he, a, a junior? Mid- he's a welterweight. welterweight. Super welterweight. Yeah. Um, should I tell my Muhammad Ali story? Because it's yeah. a pretty good story. Please, sure. I met Muhammad Ali twice. Wow. The first time I met him, he was at a local mall uh, signing autographs because he was selling Ali cologne. Nice. So my buddy Paul Smart calls man. me up at like nine. Uh, when is this? This is 19, <laughs> way back when he was doing a tour. And this is in Elyria, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland. Of course it is. Midway Mall. My buddy Paul calls me up at like two in the afternoon. He's like, hey, Ali's going to be at the mall. Let's go get his autograph. I'm like, sure, let's go. We go and get in line at maybe 4 o'clock, mm-hmm. stand there until mm-hmm. about 9 p.m. And how old are you? Uh, probably 14 or 15 okay. at the time. Okay, Perfect. all makes sense. Had to, had to be 16 because Paul and I drove, so at least right. 16, right? And uh, so it's 9 o'clock. We're, we're about 20 people away from Ali. We can oh, see him. He's right there. Oh, this it's is going to be It's 9 o'clock. I we, hate this movie. We hear, the, we, <laughs> we hear the store make an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, Higby's is closing. Please find your way to the exit. Oh, no. And now the line had kind of snaked around and made this U-shape. So I'm looking directly at Ali, but I'm still about 20 feet away from him. And at this point, I was pretty young in my, my boxing fandom, and I really didn't know the world too well. So we hear this, this announcement, and everyone starts groaning. And everyone's trying to figure out, well, should we leave, or can we wait for, for mm-hmm. the champ? And, and I, I, I decide to look at the champ, and I go, hey, champ. Don King sent me. That's exactly the reaction. How, how did that come into your head? Well, because I, I knew this the, is Bart again. I, okay. you gotta keep that. No, in mind. I'm, I'm totally. Everybody just freezes because I didn't know the full history of him and Don King. Okay. He stops signing autographs. He stands up. He goes, hmm, hmm. Who said that? Who said that? And he's looking right at me. So I point to my friend Paul, and I get, I said, he did. And the champ goes, come on up here. Come on. So we got ushered up to the front of the line. We get our autographs. We get our picture. Off we go. Wow. About a month later, my buddy calls me up and says, hey, Bart, the champ is in town again doing autographs at the Revco Marathon in Cleveland uh, at the Cleveland Convention Center. Do you want to go? And I said, yes. He goes, but we're not going to be late. We're going to go first in line. We got up at like 6 in the morning, took the subway down to the Cleveland Convention Center. We are first in line for the champ. Paul, number one, I'm right behind him. It's about 9 a.m. The handlers come out. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the champ isn't feeling too well today. Uh, he's not going to be able to take a lot of uh, autographs, so please bear with us. We'll get through as many people as you can, as we can. Uh, you know, thank you very much. We don't care. We're one and two, right? So, but he's he comes out and he, the the poor guy's just out of it. Just and he's you know just barely uh, aware of what's happening, and they're just kind of hustling you through. Hey, champ! Hey, autograph. So this wasn't years later that you ran into this. Is the like champ. a month later. Oh dear. <laughs> 
So we get he to the end of the line. He loves being in the Midwest. <laughs> he just loves yeah, being in the Midwest. Clearly, it's yeah. my buddy Paul goes first, and then uh, so he gets to the end of the line, and I see them handing Paul something, and so I get pushed through the line, and when I get to where Paul is, they, they hand me uh, a can of Muhammad Ali shaving cream. <laughs> And so I stop and I turn around and I go, hey, champ, first your cologne, now your shaving cream. I'm going to be as pretty as you. He's like, hmm, come on over here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now I got my picture with the champ again. <laughs> and, and like the first one wasn't enough. Okay, so when you're young and yeah. you don't know any better, because I wouldn't approach somebody now unless I'm standing next to him and have to do movie lines. And even then, sometimes like... Tom yeah. Cruise. Yeah. I'll tell you that I'll tell you that moment oh, in a please. second if you please. ask me about the, my stuttering yes. response. But um <laughs> but I wouldn't ask, but when I was sixteen, I went to go see Mikhail Barishnikov dance Giselle <gasps> at the Right, Fantastic. because oh because it, it, I think turning point. It now the out. story for the ladies. Oh. Yes, <laughs> I turning thought Miles Teller to was translate. hot. Mikhail Barishnikov was is a is a ballet dancer. He's kids, a but he was also. A huge movie star yeah. at, at one time. White, white Knights. Knights. Oh, yeah. White Knights. Turning point. Hard to and explain so, to kids like, yeah, one time they would take uh, ballet dancers and make a movie stars. Like, I yeah, have, but he no was adjunct. he was insane. The guy could leap when he would dance at the White House. They had to raise the chandeliers. That's how high he leapt. So anyway, and he was hot. He was super, super smoking hot. hot. So I go no backstage. Right. Everybody. I go. I, I had a friend who was in the orchestra. Her father was in the orchestra. So I waited at the stage door. He came out. I had my program for him to sign and I don't know where I got it at 16 still a virgin I step up to him grab him by his lapels and pull him to me and French kiss ah! Mikhail Barishnikov I don't know where I don't know what came over me and he stopped stepped back and went oh my goodness and then signed my program which I was holding way more boldly than I should have been at that point <laughs> And and then somebody pushed him away from me because I was sixteen. Wow! But I could have gone home with him if I wanted. Oh yeah! But here's my question: <laughs> Who would you wait online to see now? Now that you live in L.A., would you ever do that again? Oh, at this age? Yeah. When I'd, I first wait moved here, I've waited in line for like Weird Al. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have waited in a lot of lines. Yeah, yeah. I waited for Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I think, I, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think Tom Cruise definitely. I think Arnold. I'd wait in line for Arnold. I think sure. that's an experience. He's bigger than life. Yeah. yeah. Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm a Bill Murray girl all the way. George Lucas. Okay. And mm. Colin Firth. I do like Colin Firth. <laughs> oh, you would wait in line for Colin Firth. Yeah. Would. You would wait in a lot of line for Colin I've Firth. I've hung out with Lyle Lovett so much now, but I used to wait in line for him. Bruce Springsteen. I went, really? to, went to music, but Springsteen or McCartney, any of those guys. Oh. Do you have any more, Lisa, that you would do now? Wait online for it? Yeah. The question is to you. <laughs> Probably somebody old that might die, like Maggie Smith. Oh, that's a good You know, one. somebody who might not be around too long, I would wait online for. Or even a woman that I really, really appreciate, like, like Emma Thompson. Yeah, but but I feel like somebody like that. If I didn't just come to him like a like oh, a regular person, yeah. they would be like. If I actually waited online, then I'd look like a doofus. Like yeah. I don't want to. That's the weird thing <laughs> yeah. when you achieve. I'm not saying I've achieved anything, but I've been in enough movies that people know that it's like I'm 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 like Eliza Doolittle. 
I'm in between <laughs> yeah. both worlds. I'm not just, I can't just go, hi, I'm a fan, and I can't be like, although I have done it. I stood next to Catherine O'Hara because I was such a huge Second City TV fan she growing up. amazing. That's who I wanted to be. I wanted to have that job in on Second City Absolutely. TV. Even more than SNL. Yes. And I did the movie Killers, and she was in it. But I wasn't in any scenes with her. So I walked into makeup and I told everybody, I'm a huge fan. You have to introduce me. Like, you have to. And they didn't. So I stood next <laughs> to her. Oh. I was an a-hole. I just stood next to her like, going, I'm a huge fan. I just love everything you've ever done. I was like, I scared her. She was like, get her out of the room. Oh, my God. And I, I was an idiot. Oh, my. Lisa, what, uh, the story's a little sad, but it's amazing. The ending. My mom had pancreatic cancer and passed away. And in her final days, we would watch SCTV because she was able to pay attention right. long enough for those sketches. Right. And they're amazing. And, and we had this whole bonding thing over SCTV. So then cut to a month later. We're in the Target at Hollywood. And uh, Catherine Harris there with her sister. Just shopping. Uh, what? Just shopping, oh, right? Wow. So I was that 16-year-old girl because I just lost my mom and I had no fear. And I wanted to tell her about this amazing thing that happened with us because of her. And so I just saw her. And Paul goes, that's Catherine Harris. And I'm like, leave me be. And I just, <laughs> run, <laughs> I just run over to her and I say, I'm going to tell you something sad. But I want you to know that you helped me through a very hard time in my life. And I told her the story. We both hugged and cried, and her Aww. sister and Paul just looked at each other quietly and waited, <laughs> and she couldn't have been more amazing. Because you know what, and, and this oh. sounds like really goofy, but that's why we do this. Right? If, I, if I, have a, I, I don't need a nickel for every time, I just need the experience of every time a kid's led, I, I loved you growing up, or you, mm-hmm. I wanted you to be my mom, and sometimes it's next to their actual mom, which is... Oh, you know, a little tricky, <laughs> a little tricky. Yeah. It's a little sketchy. But, but I mean... so honest That's why true. we do it. It yeah. was amazing. I'm sure. I did that with Barbara Eden. I followed her through Costco like an idiot. Oh, that's fantastic. But I didn't talk to her because I felt like a goof. But I, I, when we got outside, I was like, just as we were pushing our carts to separate areas, I was like, I loved you. I always loved you. I always wanted to be you. I tried to clean my room by going like this. And she was like, I know, honey. I, I mean, know. you know. Oh. What do they say? But that's also why we do this is because the randomness of who it might end up being like Barbara Eden. Yeah. You know, like of all the people to run into at yeah. the right age. I started with Maggie Smith, I, I wind up. I'm, I'm down to Barbara Eden. Well, I will admit my first reaction when meeting Muhammad Ali was to French kiss him, but I went with the Don, I went with the Don King line. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Probably best. And that's bleed for this. Yay! Fantastic. See, that's how we do it on this show. That's exactly how a preview is supposed to go. Well, let's get to one more movie that we have okay. here. All right. Uh, this oh. isn't your. Uh, this is a teen movie, but oh, it isn't good. your typical Bring It On or even a Dewey Sun City Nicholas Sparks adaptation that thinks it's a teen movie. This one looks ready to go full sixteen candles and bring some authentic heart. Now, even though I'm now the same age as Principal Vernon was in The Breakfast Club. <laughs> I'm always pulling for a new generation to get their perfect cinematic rebellion. Karen, this seems right up your alley. Let's go. Yes, it's time to forget you should be really uncomfortable and laugh along with an underage minor talking about her sexual exploits. Live, Die, Repeat, The Edge of Seventeen tells the story of Nadine, played by the ghost of Molly Ringwald in the form of Haley Steinfeld, who's from... um, True Grit. uh, Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Nadine is miserable because that's what being a teenager is. She's your typical movie teenager. She's articulate, self-aware, insightful, conscious of the world around her, and, of course, completely miserable, which is what happens when you pay attention in life to the world around you. Her only support is from her friend Krista, played by. Um, I, <laughs> when it 
comes to being a teenager, ignorance is bliss. The less you know about yourself, your friends, and life in general, the happier you're going to be. Isn't that right, millennials? <laughs> Sorry, I just like that sound effect and I really wanted to use it. Well, what thoughtful boy will be maybe gay enough to be her ducky? <laughs> Why, it's Hayden Zito from... Oh. Uh, from, That's not a real person. No, he's it's Hayden Zito. The from, Edge um, of that Seventeen. Thing. That's where I know him <laughs> yeah. from. Absolutely. Uh, when are they going to make a movie about happy teens? Happy teens? Come on, teen vampires and Draculas and even wizardy mm-hmm. teens are one thing. But when it comes to a happy teenager, there is a limit to our willing suspension of disbelief. <laughs> According to the decomposingvegetablematter.com, The Edge of Seventeen is a coming-of-age film in the vein of Sixteen Candles and The Breakfast Club. Here's a clip. And I just want to be with you. I want you to put your mouth in my t- We can do it in the Petland stock room. Nadine. This just in, the Petland stock room is now the world's most popular hangout for teenage boys. <laughs> oh, so this is what John Hughes films look like nowadays. Okay, so let me think here. So the cool kids and the nerds initially clash, but in the end they all realize they're the same, insecure and searching for meaning in the life, mm-hmm. uh, when disenchanted parents or teachers dismiss them offhandedly, forcing them to forge their way th- while relying on each other. But wait, you just said it was like a John Hughes movie, so is there a party? Your brother invited me to a party on Friday, and I want you to come with us. Thank God, there is a quota to hit with these movies after all. Nadine's life gets complicated even further when her best friend starts dating her brother. Feeling betrayed by her best friend, Nadine retreats to the company of Irwin, whom she confides in and laments to about how she is so misunderstood. Just to be clear, Irwin is Nadine's male friend that secretly has a crush on her. I hope I didn't give anything away there. (laughs) Hey, but don't piss her off. In her previous movie, Haley Steinfeld Osmet, they're hired two men to go and kill the man who pissed her off. Ah, that's right. True Mm. Grit. True Grit. grit. Now, Kira Sedgwick plays Mona, Nadine's milfy mom. Mm. I'm not sure if the character of Mona is supposed to be milfy, but a word to the casting director. If you don't want the mom in your movie to be all milfy, then don't cast Kira Sedgwick. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Woody Harrelson (laughs) co-stars... Let's see, Nadine is on the edge of 17. Mm-hmm. I must be on the edge of 45 if Woody Boyd is playing a high school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Broadcast news is James L. Brooks produces, and Spanglish's James L. Brooks does not direct, <laughs> leaving that to Kelly Freeman Craig. And Blake Jenner co-stars. This mm. is the second movie after Everybody Wants Some, starring Jenner to have a popular song in its title. Next up, look for Jenner in Why Does It Hurt When I Pee? <laughs> <laughs> this film has a exactly. green band trailer and a red band trailer, and then a second raunchy red band trailer, which features quotes from film critics. But shouldn't these quotes be red band as well? Leonard Moulton exclaims, God damn, man, that film is dope as f-. David Denby screams, Holy sh bags, that movie was the bomb. And Rex Reed says, Well, f me twice and call me Nancy. I loved it. <laughs> I'd like to see that. What technology did industrial light and magic develop to get actors to appear to feel feelings and react with honesty? Well, I don't know. Will it work on presidents? You know what else Nadine is on the edge of? Massive student loan debt. There you go. That's the edge of 17. I was interested to see the, uh, because I did watch the Red Band trailer, which wasn't too red. Yeah, was, I think it had one yeah. good punchline curse word. Yeah, yeah, it was mostly band trailer. But um, uh, 
I was interested to see the the sexual content because we grew up on movies about <laughs> teenagers, like fifteen year olds getting pregnant. Like Fast yeah. Times at Ridgemont High was about a fifteen year old girl that got pregnant and had to have an abortion. Yeah, and it always seemed like today's teen movies were more about vampires and Draculas and not so much about real hardcore. I guess Juno would be an exception, but you know she talks dirty. She's you know she's uh, yeah, not, right. not of age. So kind of hot. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Little foxes. That was one of the original oh, ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christy oh, McNichol. Oh, oh, who yeah. turned out to be gay. Oh. Can you believe? In a way hotter, right? Well, when I was a kid, I, I thought she was gorgeous. Right? Of yeah. course. What, gay she, women can't be gorgeous? Yeah, she <laughs> was gorgeous. What do you say? I just felt tricked. That's what they do. <laughs> I Those gotcha. gays, they trick you. It's all about you. Welcome yeah. to my world, Bart. <laughs> 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 there seems like there was a, a spate of girls uh, coming of age briefly in the 70s. And part of that was because of Tatum O'Neill, quite frankly. Yeah. If it hadn't been for Tatum O'Neill and her little Oscar winning cutie pie face, I don't know if those movies mm. would have been built around her. But there was a long, long, dry spell in between. It was honestly the entire rest of my growing up period was all about boys like copping a feel. And I'm like, mm. I-, I don't care. <laughs> There was no girls in any of that. They were the object. They weren't the, the they pretended like we didn't have any sex drive. And we did. <laughs> Earlier than y'all. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. When's the last time we had because we had Juno, we've had the one with Aubrey Plaza. Uh there seems to be a lot of girls coming of age and Easy so A. Easy A, yeah, not Duff. So well, and it's coming, I think, at the same time as comedies with women have started to come back again. They, we had them in the 70s yeah. with Goldie Hawn and Whoopi Goldberg and Bette mm. Midler and then nothing for 25 years. And then they started again. And SNL has come around to a golden age of women yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Following on the heels females. of Amy and Tina and all and that. And, of course, now, Ghostbusters yep. with women that Cicely, I thought was really well written. This is Cicely Strong mm-hmm. and uh, the gang who's on there now. A lot of Kate the McKinnon. strong women. Oh, Kate brilliant. McKinnon, of course. Love yeah. her. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, there we go. No, there's a there you go. something I learned. There's another movie called Edge of Seventeen. Edge of Seventeen. This is exactly the it. Edge of Seventeen. Is that a porno? Uh, no, but it's about a gay guy coming, quote to the uh, edge. The really? Edge. No, yeah, it's about it's about a gay teenager coming of age uh, and dealing with his sexuality. Oh, okay. That and it's sense. called Edge of Seventeen. Is it a porn or is it something they play on logo? Are you both uh, it's concerned logo. It sounds porn. like a what? porn. Edge of no, no, no. Seventeen sounds the like a porn. Because it's underage. The difference is the porn is a coming of age uh, story, and this was just a coming of age story. Okay. <laughs> it just is interesting <laughs> I that I tried to write that joke, Paul. I tried <laughs> to write that joke. You guys are so stupid. It doesn't look good on the page. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 thing that gets me about this is it's when you're seventeen, there is a world of difference between dating a guy who's eighteen. Because you're illegal. You're dating your boyfriend is with an underage. It's weird. Now. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> like in the last five years, that became a thing. Yeah. Now you can get in trouble for it, up. right? Me. Big yeah. trouble. It's so weird. Yeah, you're right. Back in our yeah, day, it I mean, was. you had yeah. an 18-year-old boyfriend. It was he not went to a prom crime. With him. Yeah. It, not only that, but if you were in high school and you were a hot girl and you didn't have a boyfriend in college, what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So, no, that's a new thing. But having three sons myself, I warn them constantly. Right. You could get it written declaration yeah. before yeah. anything happens. Mm-hmm. No, sadly. that's really was true. It, Check in it, with mom. Was it really that innocent back in that age where we were being told constantly that all the innocence was lost? I mean, there's the, the, the yeah. late 80s, you're like, yeah, 17 and 18, what are they going to do? Have sex? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you know? I, th- I think that was assumed that yeah. <laughs> that was going to happen. I just know that if I were in high school today, 
with the girls looking the way they look. They didn't look like that when I went to high school. Yeah. They Somebody would have gotten pregnant. That's a solid point. Somebody would have gotten pregnant if that's what they look like when I went to high school. Yeah. But well, now they can look like that, but you're not supposed to no, notice or not. mention. Not supposed yeah. to notice a 13-year-old with a push-up bra uh, and short shorts. I once went to one of those 13-year-old stores, whatever they call them, like Justice or one Forever of those 13. dumb stores in the mall. And Forever 13. Hot topic. Something sparkly. I don't know. All I know is there's a lot of sequins everywhere. And they had a push-up bra on, and the store was aimed at like 11-year-old oh. girls. And I marched to the front of the store with a bra, and I was like, shame on you. And that moment, I turned into the get off my lawn. <laughs> I was like, why? Give it up. Get off why? my lawn. I was crotchety. You can sit next to Bart. Yes. You know, it, because you almost want to root for the little girls to stay little girls for as long as they for can. A minute. For, for a just minute. a sec- second. Yeah. I'm glad there wasn't a hot topic when I was in high school. I had like a total thing for the the goth girls and the uh, girls that painted their toenails, uh, their, their fingernails. They did. Black it was just called That's Spencer's a, Gifts. It's like a bug <laughs> yes, Oh, yeah, you're exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> She's right. There was, like the, there were like the two sexy shelves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you'd you like hang it. out in front of them and look at like the, the gag <laughs> gifts with dicks on them. Oh, totally. <laughs> Paul, when we redesigned the set, I think we should be in a Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> yeah. I want, you know, I remember Paul and I for our uh, wedding, someone went to Spencer's or gifts and bought us a bunch of gag gifts and one of them was the tie the frame you put in your tie and then you press the button and it goes and it, it goes up, up in the air uh, did, did spencer sell anything we can all name something on spencer's oh, yeah. shelves and nobody bought any of that stuff fake poop. Yeah, yeah, the fake vomit. yeah. <laughs> lava lamps lava, lava lamps, lamps of course sure. those uh the mirrors the mirrors with all the the artwork on them oh, oh of acdc Wiser, and ACDC. Stuff. Yeah. a little plastic toilet when you li- lit up it squirts you in the face yeah. <laughs> Nobody bought that. Nobody One bought stop that. holiday shopping. It's gone now. <laughs> or that gum that tastes awful and it makes your mouth black. It was, oh, yes. I yes. can't remember what it's called. Or the, yeah. uh, oh, gag gum. Yeah. The, the, the diet kit or whatever. It was like a spoon with a hole in it and a fork with no diet. We also got <laughs> one of those. Dumb those forks that you hold it and you spin around the top for eating spaghetti and the bottom spins so you just <laughs> dumbest thing oh, ever. Oh Spencer's how did you go out of business? Uh. Radio Shack's still around. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the edge of 17. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to feel how it works. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Alright listen let's uh, enough of the new movies let's get some quality guest time in here with the co-star of Dependence yes. Day right now uh, available on VOD all manner of VOD. That's mm-hmm. Voodoo, that's your iTunes, it's your Amazon, you name it, it's out there. Across the board. We'll chat about it. And more with the star of, uh, well, she appeared in Shall We Dance, Drillbit Taylor, The Parent mm-hmm. Trap, and more, Lisa Ann Walter. Yay! 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 Ah, you, out with us. A huge crowd. <laughs> you played along well. You know, when you watch any of her acting stuff online, there's reels and whatnot, you could just watch Lisa just work with all of the iconic men in cinema. Just gorgeous, iconic men. I've been very lucky. Wow. Yeah. Karen's boyfriends are in all that of mix. Them. Dennis Quaid, right? Richard Jeez. Gere. Yeah. They're all sweethearts. Tom Cruise. All sweethearts. You said you had a story. <laughs> oh, you were like you're waiting for your story. He loved well, Tom. I will I'll that I'll Dennis say Quaid that story? I'll I'll reiterate real quick, you <laughs> were in War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise and mm. okay, so the first day I, I was saying they put that movie together in like no time because there just happened to be a hole in Tom Cruise's schedule. Oh. And and so and Spielberg wanted to do the movie with him so I never got to meet anybody I had just come off of Shall We Dance where they dyed my hair white blonde like porn you were so beautiful in that by the way really stunning absolutely when you come around the corner and he looks at you and goes you're stunning I was like holy god well very lovely I appreciate that because that was um (laughs) 
that what was the arc of the movie. So I, I am grateful to you for saying that. But honestly, they had me put on literally as much weight as I possibly could. Really? And the director was Ch- Peter Chelsea, who did Serendipity. But he also did um, Muriel's Wedding. And yeah. he said, well, every time he would see me, he'd go, where are the chocolates, darling? Where Holy the chocolates? cow, I want that guy in my life. Are you and, kidding? And I said, Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm dancing all day long. I can't oh. eat tons of fat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to puke on Tucci. Oh. I can't. I'm going to be spinning oh. around and vomit on, on Stanley Tucci. Too. I and forgot he, to mention Stanley Tucci. I think he's fantastically gorgeous, too. He is lovely and right? very sexy. And I loved playing his love interest. I, I got to play somebody's love interest for once. But, it, but anyway. I came off that movie heavier than normal. In fact, when I met Richard Gere, I had already put on about, I don't know, 15 pounds. I ate, I made them give me more per diem money in New York City while I was dance training so that I had to eat 10,000 calories a day. Because when you dance train, you lose weight. Exactly. It melts off of you. Exactly. So everybody would be throwing, like Karina Smirnoff and Tony Dovolani and all these people that were on Dancing with the Stars now were my teachers. And we'd all go out to eat together. She's a hottie. She's still a friend. I just talked to her today. I just talked to her today. Yeah, I'm going to see her on Friday. So, So they're all pushing food at me. And I meet Richard Gere. And I told him, because five seconds after I meet him, in in ballroom, your line of I could show you, but what, later we'll. Adam do it. would really but enjoy you, it. You're you're I'm lined up against the guy. You line you could you line up against the guy, crotch to boobs, like right up against his body all, on oh, his area. Talk slower, like, talk slower. Oh, it slower. really is. You're, you're humping his leg basically oh, for Richard, the whole dance. Richard Gear. And so I'm I'm kind of nervous, and he goes, you know, you got the job, honey. Relax. So you don't have to be nervous. Oh. And I went, I can't believe I'm meeting. An officer in a gigolo with an ass that ate Tokyo. I, guess I, just, I hated being fat meeting him. But anyway, when I came off the movie, I was I had lost the weight because I was dancing, but I still had the white hair. And I just went on tape, so I hadn't met anybody. So I'm on set. They slam the movie together. They call me. You're playing. I didn't even have a script. They're like improv something. You're a bartender. Oh my god! I went oh all right. So I improv this scene that's really funny. Right out of your movie, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So I so I get on set. And all of it comes in front of me, Steven Spielberg. And I, um, I'm kind of talking to him. And while I'm talking to him, Tom Cruise comes up in my face. Overload. With that, yeah, with that, with that risky business smile. Oh. And, you know, oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a little known fact. He doesn't have to put up jazz hands too. just have them kind of around him. So I was um, I was on hold on uh, um, Jerry Maguire for oh. like a month. What? Yeah. They, uh, they the director. What's his face? Chris. Um, Chris. No, Cameron Crowe. Cameron, Cameron Crowe. Crow. Cameron Crowe loved me. Um, I think in those days, I think I whipped out a cigarette and smoked in the audition. And he just loved me. So he improv. They went with Renee Zellweger? Yeah, he improv the Tom Cruise character. And then they hadn't hired her yet because they found her out of of South by Southwest or the Austin something in in Texas. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. Yeah, they found her. They loved her. (laughs) And then they hired her. And then at that point, after I was on hold for this movie for a month, said, we think that you're too East Coast to be her sister. And then they hired oh. Bonnie Hunt. But you know what's weird is how much do I look like Renee Zellweger? I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah. In, in fact, when I did, I'm going through so many movies. Like, let me Please. just drop names. We got to go fast. Ah, but drop them. Drop, drop them. Fascinating. When I, when I met Jim Carrey doing Bruce Almighty, he was like, oh my God, I, out of the corner of my eye, you look like Renee. Like, yeah. it's weird. I look like your sister. So I never met Tom on that movie, but all of a sudden he's in my face. <laughs> and, and and talking to me and I'm like this 
and Steven Spielberg's going, okay, so I want you to start in the bar, and he's going to come on to you, so he might start kissing you or something like that. <gasps> but you're going to bend over. You're going to get a beer. You're going to go to the end of the bar. You're going to turn on the TV. This line's going to come. They're having a conversation. You come back to <laughs> a, you come back to one for the rest of the conversation. Then you guys are going to talk, and then it's clear you guys are going to go sleep together, and that's the scene, okay? So let's – and I went, whoa, 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 I said, oh, you're going to have to tell me all that again. I was going to say, this acting sounds hard. <laughs> I said, you were, your mouth was going. Going and I saw it, but in my head was Charlie Brown's teacher's voice going, "Oh my God, Tom Cruise! Oh my God, Steven Spielberg! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God!" And so, but they both laughed, and Spielberg pinched my cheek, and then Tom Cruise spent the rest of the time on set seriously taking care of me, except for one time when I, uh, I not surprised, boned, I boned the move right? at the top. I went back to one, and I just stopped, and they're all waiting, and I went, I, 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 I screwed up the move, and and he leans in, and he goes, "Come here, come here." See that guy, Video Village with the cap on? That's Steven Spielberg. He says cut. <laughs> you don't say cut. He says cut. And I just went. And oh. I felt the red coming up from my feet all the way to my face. And he goes, I'll just take the piss out of you. I said, I'm on set with Tom Cruise. The piss is gone. And there's no piss. You can relax. So he just, he was a sweetheart, though. He introduced me, like, put me on the phone with his kids, introduced me to everybody. Then I had to... Before I landed in L.A., I got a phone call, or apparently they called my reps, and they said, Spielberg wants you to go back. And I'm like, I'm turning around already at the airport. And they're like, excuse me, Tom Cruise needs me. Pardon me. Out of the way. Pardon me. Out of the way. I'm running through the airport like O.J. But um, it, it turned out that when they had looked at dailies, he and he did make out with me. There was all sorts of stuff that I did to ensure that I would be a real character. Like, I wore... Um, these thongs that I had gotten in a gift, and I was I was divorced diet thin because I just broken up with my husband. <laughs> so I had these I had these sparkly thongs with that were like bedazzled. And when I leaned over to get the beer, you could just see the bedazzled thong. And he was kissing <laughs> up my arm, and I wore a necklace with Cheryl on it, so I'd have a name. Because oh. they make you pick your. I had no Very name. Clever. I was just bartender. Uh-huh. But then when they said pick your jewelry, I found the most Jersey. Ne- name necklace I could find with Cheryl on it, and then he starts calling me Cheryl, and and then I had a character. But they, when they looked at the dailies, it looked like I was uh, he was a terrible father because he was late coming home when his car's coming home to meet his kids. It's because he's been boning me. So they were like, he looks terrible. They don't want him to come start the movie looking like a bad dad. So he said they want you to come back, bring one of your kids, and come and do this scene on the boat where he runs into you. So everybody's like, who's this chick that he knows? We haven't seen her yet. That's who I was. I was the bartender that he was having an affair with. But my actual daughter in the scene this is where he's a hero. So Tom Cruise regularly becomes a hero, like out of the blow. He has in life. In right. life. I'm so happy to hear that. The news reports this. And, so and you watch this. him doing really great stuff like we were up in Hudson. It was freezing rain. I mean, literally freezing rain. Everybody was just freezing their tits off right and left. And he got coffee maker for everybody, cast and crew. Everybody coffeeed the entire time we were there. And standing without a warmy coat on, those of you who don't know, they give you these big down jackets when you're in a really cold place. And you stand under warming lights in Video Village with the, you know, with the director and the people that, you know, matter. Everybody else, like me and the rest of the extras, are not Props. under the. I could have gone to video, video Village, but I didn't. So he stands in his regular wardrobe talking to people and taking care of them and being nice. And that's why everybody loves him. So one day, they have a big lineup of guys that keep you from getting on the boat. And Spielberg says, Lisa, you got to rush at the boat. You really got to try to get on. And I said, you're going to have to tell the guys to really stop me because. 
I'm going to get on the boat. That's my actual kid. I will get on the boat unless they really stop me. I'm method, bitch. I'm going to be on the boat. So they have to stop me. So the whole time we were running towards the boat with Tom Cruise, he had a phalanx of bodyguards to keep anybody from hurting him. Now, these are all, he's been really nice to my kid the whole time. It's her birthday the next week. I got a video camera in my purse. I'm going, sing happy birthday. It's for my kid's birthday. He's singing happy birthday. Comes the next day going, that wasn't good enough. I'm going to do it again. Blah, blah, blah. He's like really being sweet, right? So on this day, he's gone. We've lost the bodyguards. So now we're running at the boat and they're crushing us. I, I got no protection. I've got 2,000 extras running towards the end of a dock with a line of guys with huge guns. So I get to, to my guy and he gun butts me in the hip. I, I was going through him. He He's serious. He guns butt. I had a bruise like this for about three oh weeks. God. And we did it. It was beautiful. I'm screaming. I'm trying to claw over him. Tom's trying to reach me, and I'm passing my kid up over to him. They go, you know, great, cut. I hear Spielberg go, fantastic, Lisa, great take. That was perfect. Moving on. Flag. It's Janusz Kaminski. It's the DP. And he's like, I don't know what's going on. I turn around and look at my daughter. She's got blood running out of her face, down her nose. Somebody had hit her, and she got a nosebleed. And... I swear to you, this is the truth. Off the side of the boat, <laughs> climbing down like he's rappelling in a Mission Impossible <laughs> movie, oh Tom Cruise. <laughs> he should have had music. Sliding down the side of the boat. All of a sudden, he's up by his side. Hey, what's going on? Delia, who's got tissues? Hey, give me that video camera. This is this is for the lawsuit, Delia. What do you got? <laughs> let me say. Let me say. Look, here's mine. That's not bad, is it? Look, I wrestled. Uh, I broke it like four times. That's not bad, but let's get yours on tape. He's just the oh nicest, sweetest guy Thank ever. Thank you for in that. life. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So I was awesome. right. Yep. You're right. <laughs> yep. He's the cruisiest. That's a really long story. No, I'm sorry. Well, that's an amazing story. That Bart needed that. Two questions on that story. Uh, puking on Tucci, uh, improv group or ska band? Uh, <laughs> something that's happened before, but uh, improv. Improv, improv. improv group. Okay. And uh, Phalanx, uh, what's his superpower? Phalanx? <laughs> <laughs> Con- the power of confusion. Okay. There you go. That's amazing. So Good Tom was not in your Multiple new movie. Which one? The Dependent. Uh, Dependent. Why Dependent. wasn't he in that movie? He was not in that. I just felt like we should probably get back to that. <laughs> oh, probably. probably. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, listen, I'll play uh, the little teaser so everyone knows what it's about. When we filed our taxes earlier this year, my girlfriend claimed me as her dependent. What is it about you that she finds so intriguing? Just so you know, I am an actor. You are making me want to kill myself. You're not a work actor. <laughs> in this relationship, Alice is the breadwinner. <laughs> I got a job for a very big producer in Hollywood. How are you doing? I'm going to watch her kids. <laughs> oh. You know, men are really simple. They need to be propped up. I'm not her dependent, just, you know, man to man. I also give her very good sex, so we're doing just fine. It's kind of embarrassing. Just saying. So we have the slacker guy with the uh, girlfriend who makes all the money. Yeah. And, and then how he struggles through an L.A. existence with that. Yeah. And, well, I mean, yes, that is part of it. And I think we've all seen movies with like the doofy slacker guy and the impossibly hot girlfriend. And I, as you hear in the trailer, I'm the one who says, what's going on? Why does that work? I'm glad you <laughs> called that out. I, I totally movie. do. And in fact, people that watch it go, thank God somebody yeah. said it because <laughs> yeah. why? Mm-hmm. And clearly she makes them laugh and they love each other and all that. But I think what the movie is also about is... What, how people try to tear relationships apart because they don't think it should work. And more and more, we have women that are 
we connote money with power, but become more powerful maybe in society's eyes because they're the earner. And it's just happened so much anymore that it shouldn't be weird. But as we all know, men connect their who they are with what they do. And very often with women, it's how they look. So anyway, that's kind of what the movie explores. There are a lot of women in powerful positions in the movie. And our director, Michael David Lynch, made sure that he did that on purpose just to show sort of that guy trying to make his way in the, in the world. So I was happy to be part of it. Conversely, not like War of the Worlds. So little money used to make this movie. And and yet he made it a delightful movie and a real story about real people. And I think people are really when responding to it. When there's a nosebleed, just keep rolling. We get yeah. out of time. We can't. We put it, we actually right use it. it. Yeah. yeah. Was a lot of that movie improvised? Because it felt like it was a lot of improv in the scene. Um, because I can't see how those lines, the way the characters interacted, the way they talked, how fluid the conversations were can't be dialogue well it was a script originally uh-huh. and there and it, there was a short made and in fact the uh, you have to see the scene in the car if you haven't seen it there's a scene in the car there's two i, I like to say unexpected sex scenes um uh, there's one right out of the gate yeah that was unexpected <laughs> like like creative, first, uh, creative dessert yeah like yeah. the first five minutes something's going on I'm like, yeah oh. there's a little there's a little um <clears throat> yeah are we allowed to say 69 sure, sure. Oh, yeah. it's a number sure. all right it's a number um, yeah, and uh, he likes to say, he keeps insisting that it's something called Reverse 69. Our director insists that that's a thing. And it I'm is, like, yeah. There, I don't think there is. No, she's supposed to be on top. Why? <laughs> because it's harder for her to manipulate the thing. Oh. Right? All right. She I don't could think choke. so. See, yeah. me and the other girl are like, no, yeah, no, no, no. Because no, no, no. no, it's it, more comfortable for the woman to be receiving on her back. Yes, but the angle isn't. Correct. I understand what you're saying. Thank you. I do understand huh. what you're yeah. saying. If I'm, okay, if I I'm got involved, it. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I'm just saying I lose my place and I'm confused. <laughs> but anyhow, there. But there are two others besides that. Yeah. And one of them has to do with our lead character and himself and a tape that may or may not be called All Anal Five. But anyway, yes. that scene was a movie, uh, was the original short. That oh, was okay. basically the entire thing. And it was scripted. And so they would go and they would work on it and it would become what they would work on would become the script. But there were some of us that were allowed to play, and I was one of them okay. uh, uh, quite a lot. Oh, and in you, fact, he wouldn't a, let me rehearse with the with the cast. You're an overbearing boss. I am. Uh, kind of, I'm a bitch. I, and you I, had no problem with that? I, no. You know what? You bring up your inner bitch? I, no, I had a problem with... In Shall We Dance, I was a bitchy character, and I had a day that I really needed to be mean to... Omar Miller, who is adorable. He's like a giant baby Huey. And I had to be awful to him, and I needed everybody to leave me alone all day long. Nobody could talk to me on set that day. Because if they were nice to me, I would have felt like I wanted to belong and be one of them, so Mm -hmm. I couldn't be unleashed. And I didn't do that here. I just was, I was working three jobs while I was shooting this, and I was really stressed for time, so I just was bitching. But I, I but love, it I, I, sometimes. I loved uh, the fact that you were, was it weird to sexually harass somebody? Yes, and that was weird. weird, right? That Well, the first thing that I said when they told me about the character, I went, so what's the part? And he said, well, you're like this bitchy boss, but you, you try to break them up. And I said, why? And he goes, eh, you just, because you can. And you're awful. And I went, okay, but give me more because why would I do yeah. that? And he said, well, you're going to come on to him. And I said, all right, look, we've all seen the cougar. We've seen that a million times. I want to know why. Because it's not like 
women can't get laid. If you leave the house, you can get laid. Yes, it's, you just have you to want to. Yeah, exactly. You just got to show up, yep. basically. So why am I coming on to this guy who I'm not necessarily going to find attractive? I don't know him, so his personality is not going to get me. And she goes, and and our director, Michael, said, uh, because you're trying to figure out what the hell she sees in him. So mm. that inspires mm-hmm. a very... Um, I don't even know a power how to put play. it. It's a yes. power play. Power it's a power play. play. I aggressively go after this guy. And that was hard. Yeah. Literally. Really? Because <laughs> <laughs> those shoes were What he were told hot. me. I would have you to. Like those the shoes, shoes were hot. Really? Yes. With the spikes on the like toes. Yeah. I'm a sucker for You have them. great shoes right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, those are, are great, right? Showing up. Loving those. Mm-hmm. So explain like- me who these leads are. I don't know Joe Burke. Okay, so Joe Burke, it, first of all, he's an amazing talent. Uh, his, the stuff that he does in this movie, I've seen it a bunch because I've gone to a lot of the film festivals. Every time I watch the movie, there's a new moment that I haven't seen the time before. That's just He moves real. fast and furious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to be paying attention. He's, he is, he's, he's really smart. He's a smart actor, and what he does is very truthful. So uh, I think a lot of people will see moments that they recognize in this movie, just in terms of what relationships look like, how how people support each other and why you get torn apart and why it goes wrong. And uh, I, I think that... I think he's got a lot going on for him in terms of being an undiscovered talent. I truly do. He could be like a Seth Rogen or any one of those guys. Well, this is a great vehicle for him, so hopefully this will catapult him into another, um, at least get the attention of people. He yeah, can... and then his best friend is Josh Damon, who was also uh, helped the, with the story, wrote the story mm-hmm. with Michael, and uh, he's hilarious. He does some really funny stuff in the movie, too. Everybody's got a funny beat or two. There's a gay couple. Todd Bridges is one of them. Yeah. They're yeah. funny. Shannon Lucio is, uh, she's been in a ton of stuff too. She's just recently done Roots. And there's another thing that she's coming out and I can't remember what it is, but she's a, a gorgeous little red. I was not redheaded at the time. I was blonde. She was a redhead and I kept calling her a ginger in the movie. That got cut. And was that, I think that's uh, going to be in the extras. I'm like, where are all my jokes? He was like, you were too funny. It made you likeable. I was like, damn it. <laughs> did damn I see, it. Uh, did I see Babu in the opening scene? Who's Babu? Babu. Betty, Betty, bad man. Betty Betty. Yes! That's Babu. Oh yes! Yeah. Oh, yes! Wait, from, from what? Seinfeld. Yes. Oh, from Seinfeld. Oh, right, right, yes. right, right, right. With zero accent. Zero accent. Like, He's the, he uh, actually. He, he might be an American. He bookends, he bookends the movie. Yeah. He's huh. the beginning and the end. He plays the accountant. The accountant and he's yeah. very yeah. funny. Very that's funny. Very good. So anyway, what that's else do you want to It sets up the whole dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. I did enjoy exactly. the fact that your last name was Finkelstein. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I heard that because my girlfriend, her name's Leah Finkelstein, and I've said, she's very, very Leah Finkelsteiny. And you said Finkelstein, <laughs> and I went, shut up. Yeah, I, I, was, enjoyed that's, that very I much. was a very Finkelstein type character. Mm-hmm, I like that. How did yeah. you get involved with this if you're doing three other jobs at yeah. the same time? Shannon Lucio, who I mentioned. What work are you taking away from other actresses oh, while I'm doing not, three oh, jobs? Yeah. No, no. They don't, some of the jobs they don't want. Does she oh, look okay. British? She's yeah, not taking away jobs from actors. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, Bart. There's just way too much work for women in Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> It's it's a burden. It is really a burden. Um, Shannon and I did uh, another little movie in Pittsburgh, believe it or not. They um, waited in line to meet Muhammad Ali. And- <laughs> That's right. We did a little movie in Pittsburgh, and I she was auditioning for something. She needed to be put on tape. I helped her out. I, I was helping her with her lines, and she came to see me. I did stand-up while I was in town, and she came to see We got to be friendly. So years later, and she was doing this movie, and she was on as a producer, she called me and said come do it. I said, I can, I'm working. And they said, we'll work around your schedule. And I nice. went, okay, How, what does it pay? Nothing. 
right. Yeah. You sold me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had me at zero. Perfect. Well, the long hours were enticing, but the zero pay is really what brought me here. <laughs> no, no, I own a piece. Let's not be crazy. Right. As a movie guy, I've seen you in films. Yeah. But so where where did stand up play in all this? Was that first or did you come into that later? No, I was um I grew up doing um uh, summer stock and and musical theater and I got paid to act and and theater in DC and I went to Catholic University of America. Um some of my classmates were John Carroll Lynch and John Slattery. I had real it's a it's a prestigious acting school. Yes. We did the British Shakespeare. Yeah. We do. Um, so I was an actress first, and I moved to New York to act, and I got knocked up. So I had a baby right out of. I I met my husband doing Streetcar Named Desire, and he was Stanley, and I was Stella. Well, so there you go. then you have to get married. Yeah. Well, so um, so I had my son, and when he was about a year and a half old, I hadn't been working, and I was too afraid to go and audition because I thought I can't audition until I lose ten pounds. And um, that was. Stupid. I think that's what everyone thinks all the time. But Always, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't matter. What it you turns weigh. out they don't Eternally. come to your house oh. and, and <laughs> Weird. give Weird. you acting jobs. So I started doing stand up, and it was sort of the height of the comedy boom, and I was really good at it. And so within six months, I was on uh, Showtime at the Apollo, and then I was oh, headlining, wow. and um, then really? I, yeah, I developed a a pretty strong voice about being a working like a career mom, and then I got offered shows. And my, oh, wow. and I had one on Fox, which actually followed Married with Children, and then, and then Life's Work on ABC, which okay. followed Roseanne. Everything, everything you just said, I have so many questions. Okay. Uh, Showtime at the Apollo. I did Showtime at what the Apollo. What was that night like at, at the, the Apollo. Apollo? I would stay da, up until da, 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 da. that started at one a.m. after yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yes. And uh, you probably I would, saw me. Uh, what? What? Talk. Okay. So I grew up in DC, so it wasn't that big a deal for me. But what I was, was that like, like? What was that experience like? What it was like was I had no um I had I had not enough experience to know to be afraid. Oh. And uh and I did a bit and it's funny because like you know the movie Punchline where Tom Hanks goes like, I'm gonna come up with a whole new bit for this big audition. Yeah, and everybody's yeah. like, Yeah, cool. Never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when I had my big television break. Because I had, uh, was doing a, a set where they saw me for Showtime at the Apollo. And on the ride home, I said to my then husband, I'm going to, I just came up with a great bit. I'm going to do it. And he was like, you're crazy. And I went, no, no, no. It's about white and black cheerleaders in, in, when I went to high school. The difference between white and black cheerleaders. I'm going to do that. And he was like, uh, don't do that. And I went, no, no, it's going to kill. It's going to be funny. All right. So, cut to, I'm doing Showtime at the Apollo. First of all, I had curled my hair, because it was the 80s. Oh, sure. And, um, like you do. Mm -hmm. Is it the 80s? Yeah, it would have been the late 80s, early 90s. And the guy up in hair and makeup, this black guy, hairdresser, starts brushing my hair. And I went, no! It's like August in in in, in Harlem, Harlem <laughs> and you're brushing the curl out of my hair. Yeah. Now I have frizz. Right. So I'm already a little upset, oh. but they have a TV where they're playing the guy, the comic that's on before me. And I'm not on amateur night. I'm on a I'm regular booked comic. Oh. So I was like, I'm just gonna do my set. It's gonna be yeah. fine. Here's Mr. what they don't Mr. tell Sandman you. Sandman is not a not gonna to come you. get me. Yeah. Here's what they don't tell you. They have they do every show like eight shows that day and they do all of the amateur stuff 
leading up to it. Yeah. So these people have been sitting there for like 12 hours. Oh. And they're no not... they're rowdy. They're, they're very unhappy oh. to begin with. Now, I've got Run DMC on the show. Oh. <laughs> wow. This is good news for me because I like their music. But the guy that's on before me, the comic that's on before me, is a black guy from Atlanta. So they already hate him because they're very territorial in Harlem about what? New York versus talent from anywhere else. Wow. Also, he wore a suit, which they told him not to do. What? Then he literally did a set like, women be shopping. Like oh. he did that. <laughs> so they hated this guy. I'll never forget. I'm not going to say his name. I remember wow. his name, but I won't say Off it. the air, please. All right. Yeah. So We won't mention it. Steve Harvey. No, it's not. But <laughs> Sinbad was hosting at this time. Oh. And I go downstairs after bomb, run DMC, now I'm next. And I'm like, do I touch the wood? Do I not touch the wood? I'm, I, you know, I'm Sicilian, so I'm sort of black. I, I, what do I do? And Sinbad goes, well, they booed the black guy off. You're next. I have no idea. <laughs> because when I'm watching on the monitor in the makeup room as the guy, I'm, con- I'm concentrating on con- protecting my curls. Oh, sure. You got to keep that and frizz the, under control. The monitor is this guy going, oh, just let me finish. And my my self-protection uh. says, he's doing so well, they won't let him even finish the joke. Oh. That's what my <laughs> dumb brain said to me. Yeah. I go downstairs, Sinbad disabuses me of this notion yes. and kicks my ass out onto the stage. Oh. Well, I go and I attack the mic and I do my opening bit. I get laughs. I'm doing my next bit. I get laughs. I do black and white cheerleader, I think. I can't remember what I did, but I know I did started this setup. I used to have this really good bit about Tone Loke's raps not being realistic. <laughs> and it had to do with, like, you know, wild thing. Like, yeah. I was once long, young like you. I like to do the wild thing, too. Like, yeah, that happens. <laughs> My mother comes in and catches me, like, stooping in the middle of her living room. That's what she said. Poetry's not her first reaction. <laughs> it was a funny bit, but all I had to say was not all Tone Loke stuff is realistic and the booze start. And then it starts to pick up and then it starts more and more. And I'm like, I have to survive and I'm not supposed to curse, but I don't care. So you did your young MC material. You didn't do your young (laughs) MC material. (laughs) No, I said, I just said, oh yeah, I said something. I saw the booze picking up and I don't know how long it lasted. It felt like forever, but I just stopped and went, oh yeah, well the guys in the balcony like me because they're the ones that can see my tits. And they weren't expecting that from a little white housewife. And they... <laughs> themselves out of their chairs the way only laughing black folks can do That's and awesome. I survived and then I did the rest of my set as fast as I possibly could and I got off stage and the producers came running up going we want to have you back on oh my god we've never seen Sinbad goes I've never seen what? anybody turn a booing crowd around not ever in the history of the Apollo has any comic ever turned them wow. around you've got to come back and I went not until I'm dying of terminal cancer yeah. <laughs> do I ever need to be that afraid the sweat was running down the crack of my ass I said no that's all right but um but yeah that was sort of and after that I even on that day said I never have to be as afraid again because I lived through that as a stand-up so nothing else will ever wow. scare me and it didn't that's an amazing that's story amazing. what is gonna scare you yeah, yeah. story time with Lisa and thank you I love thank it you. so so yeah so then acting came first then stand-up but then the stand-up act we built tv shows around and that's what brought me to the party out here Mm, very cool. There you go. Speaking yeah. of TV shows, I got, we got to get on to Karen's birthdays real quick. But you weren't only on The Weakest Link, but yeah. you won. I won The wow! Weakest Link. Wow! That was a strong Holy cow! Yeah. I know a lot of useless crap, as you could tell by the <laughs> beginning of this show. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I watched a bit of it. It's out there on YouTube. I think you can go watch head to head it with uh, Beth Littleford. At, exactly. Beth and I <laughs> remain friends to this day. We actually go to the same dance class, the same ballroom <laughs> dance class taught by by. Uh, uh, Louis Van Amstel. But um, yeah, we were there at the end. And I remember two things from that. One is that I slapped Carrot Top's hand because he made some joke about my boobs yeah. and went out to grab them. And they are spectacular, so I can understand why. But I slapped it so hard that it made a really resounding hey. slap sound. Hey. And it was awesome. And then the other thing was Tom Arnold started teeing off on Roseanne. And he made some joke about like a bit about Anne, the host. She was like, oh, you're being a bitch. And he said, I, sh- I should know bitches. I was married to one. And he started like really cutting her down. So the next time it came around, it, for those of you who don't know the show, the person who wins around gets to vote off who the person is. Nice. And it was me. And I took him out. And Anne said, why Tom Lisan? <laughs> And I said, because Roseanne's a friend of mine, and he said nasty shit about Roseanne, <laughs> and so he gone. That's what I Good said. for you. I wow. think they're, you know, you're, uh, maybe the, your story about the Apollo and the Weakest Link thing might, the, it seems like you're able to be funny, but also aware. Some people just get caught up in not being able to listen, and it sounds like you were able to be in the moment and go, okay, I need to read this room. You read rooms really well. Oh, that's but that's what you do as a comic. That's awesome. That's why comics can oftentimes make really good actors, if you are aware. If mm-hmm. you're not just living in the, I need to be the only person in this room. Because that happens too. There right. are actors that they, they don't want anybody else to be funny. But but reading rooms is what we do. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, it's funny because my kids will be like, why do you think I did blah, blah, blah? Why do you think I took a tone when I was saying this or that? And I'm like, because it's what I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's my job. I know what you mean when you say, I don't care if you said this. This is what, what you, you meant. meant. Yeah, that's right. cool. Hey, two more things. Who is your charity that you won the money for? I For my uh, sister's charity, Hands Healing Hearts. And it's basically, she worked with... Um, plastic surgeons that went and fixed the like web hands and feet and the uh, cleft palates of kids down in South American countries. And they did not have enough money to make their trip that year to go do it because they used their own money to go. And they would like sleep in the hospitals and people from villages all over would come in for three days and line up to get this work done. Because a lot of times in those places they kick the kids out of the village because it's like the devil did it to them. It's awful. So I that was my proudest moment was that I gave them the money to do it that and year. They Wow, that's cool. And I should ask you what we ask every guest who comes on the show. What's your favorite movie of all time? Oh Lord, I've never seen that. Oh Lord, prequel? Is that the? uh, It's with yeah, yeah, George (laughs) Burns. I, you know, I mean, seriously, there is like a top five list of The Godfather and Love Actually, and I am right there with you. uh, The Thin Man, Witness for the Prosecution, All About Eve. Um, I like all. Yeah, I I I love old movies. But I will say probably my favorite all-time movie is Gone with the Wind. Oh, there you go. That's a lot of movies. We've had that once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of movie. I think we've had that. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, are you always surprised that it's square? Every time I watched uh, yeah, I Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz, I go, yeah. "Where's the letterbox?" That they were square back then. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm thinking about. It could be wider and bigger. You know. By the way, do if they a not movie feel like is... sweeping wide yes. screen epics? Yes. But if I, the first time I saw it was in a movie theater where they had the intermission and you went and got the orange Julius in between, which is probably part of the reason I love it. Um, Braveheart is another one that you look at and say, 
I noticed the epicness of it. Yeah. I noticed the cinematography. But for me, honestly, if the music swells, I cry. I'm the easiest audience in the world. I don't notice cinematography. I barely know what will pull me out of a movie uh, is a bad accent. If you, if you, um, what was that movie with Jack Nicholas and Angelica Houston, and they were uh, oh, Pritzy's uh, Honor. Pritzy's Honor. And by the way, Pizzo, Pritzy. That's Sicilian. Pizzo. It's a hard, yeah. Pizzo. Exactly. Pizzo. And Pizzo. usually it's two syllables, Sicilian, like uh, Russo, Volpe. Rizzo. Volpe. Right. Yeah. So um, anyway, in that movie, they're supposed to be Sicilian, but the woman who's making the curse at the beginning is straight up Italian accent, and it's a different language. Sicilian is all is hmm. very guttural. It's like, uh, it's like all like this. It's very weird. Where's your family from in Sicily? Palermo. Okay. Yeah. We had some of the best pizza of our lives Palermo. in Palermo. And I know it sounds corny. It sounds ball. corny, but it was the best Where'd you have pizza. Where's the best pizza ever? Italy? Yeah. 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 In, in Palermo. Palermo. At like a specifically. At like a small cafe next to the, the ferry stop. Yeah. Before we you, went over to Naples. If you if you can't get there, I recommend Defara's in Midwood section of Brooklyn. <laughs> the guy Dominic <laughs> is the only guy you can look this up. It's he's one guy making the pizza, nobody else touches it. And he's from Sicily. And he's the one who makes every pie and it is truly the best pizza in America. Wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Damn, why What's did it I called? tell people? You have to wait now hours everybody's to get gonna it. Go. We, we might be related. I'm from Sicily, too. We probably are related. Probably. Absolutely. I would just wait around that place to hear him yell at people that try and touch his pizza. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> touches my pizza! He doesn't talk. It's the daughters. They do all the work. He just makes like pizza. A, that sounds like Sicilian. Little yeah. Dominic. <laughs> all right, let's wrap up yes. the show with a bang. Karen's look at the birthdays of the people who make the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Take it away. All right, I'd like to start off our birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to a friend of the friend of the show, Miss Missy Pyle, who turns 44. She's friends of Stony Westmoreland. I don't remember how they know each other. They go college. Back to college. Yeah. All right. I did a movie with her. Yeah, she's tall. Yeah. She Karen. is one tall chick. She's 5'11. What do I know her from, Karen? She was in Gone Girl. She played a Nancy Grace type character. Remember oh. the news reporter? Yep. yep. She's beautiful. She has blonde hair, really super tall. Stunning. Uh, she was also in the Mindy Project, Inside Amy Schumer, and also. Um, she's in Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah, Ga- Galaxy Quest. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And she was in As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson and right, Helen so Hunt. Bring it down the house. Uh, yep. And uh, Gal- That's right, Galaxy Quest. Oh, I should have mentioned that as one of my favorites, too. <laughs> that's I love a that great movie. one. It's but- so funny. I love the... Uh, Sigourney Weaver's in that, right? Yep. She's so... She's hysterical. She's, you know what? That is absolutely true that a woman that's a wonderful actress like a, a Meryl Streep, if she makes me laugh, then I go, okay, now I'm impressed. Right? Okay, you cried in 12 accents. You can make me laugh. You know what you're doing. I agree with you. Absolutely. Dying's easy. And uh, also, Missy Pyle, I saw her whenever the Boubet sisters and I were doing a, a charity event, and she, she performed there as well. She has a singing career. She did started with her friend Shawnee Smith back in 2007. They met on an ABC pilot, and they did this country rock ballad group called Smith and Pyle, and they have their debut album was It's Okay to Be Happy. Hipster they do, bar or? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, uh, or, or 2020 candidates? She does. She does like <laughs> she does um, cruises and stuff, or... and she does comedy. She plays a guitar and sings these crazy comedy songs, which I thought was pretty cool. And then this is just a fun fact for you, Bart. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, you don't realize this, but all of the facts in the show uh, I re- require to be fun. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. They better so, be fun or else don't yeah, even bother. I don't right. want to hear it. Don't want to hear your boring, <laughs> non-fun facts. In the 90s, <laughs> Missy Pyle, she had an acting job like the rest of us, anything kind of goofy. But she played the Black Widow character in an interactive-themed restaurant for Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, that's fun. Oh, in Chicago? That sounds fun. In New York New City. City. I know that Chicago, Jekyll and Hyde oh, restaurant. Did you? I yeah. think that's just so fun. I loved whenever I hear, you know, successful actors had to do Renaissance fairs and whatnot. Just you know like how us. I got my SAG card? Oh, tell me. Speaking of John Cusack, which we weren't on the show, but we were Oh, before, I love the John Cusack. Mm-hmm. I was living up on Cape Cod after college and before I moved to, to New York uh, in order to save money. And I worked in a restaurant called Starbucks, but not the coffee shop. It was a restaurant on oh. Ionaw Road. Interesting. Between Starbucks, huh? And we dressed in costumes because the uniforms didn't come in and we had to open. So I took it seriously because I'm an actor. Yeah. So when I dressed like Marilyn, I was Marilyn. All night, every day, God is Of course, that's brilliant. And, you know, whoever I was, Madonna, I'd have the rubber bracelets and, you know, the so bow fun. in my hair and sing all night. So they were doing this movie called Savage Steve Holland. One Crazy Summer? Thank you. With Joel Murray. I could not remember the name of the movie where I got my sad card. Thank you. Shut up. We love that movie. Do you really? Absolutely. Who were you in that? Nobody, because my scene got cut. But I'll tell you why. Because there was a girl. Do you remember in the movie they were at the drive-in and there was a girl being chased? It was like a horror movie and there was a girl being chased. Okay. That was the hostess at our restaurant. And the director wanted to sleep with her. Of course, and that's I how it's said, done. I will pimp her out in order to get a part in your movie. I want to be an actor. So I set them up on a little trip away to um, Nantucket and, or Martha's Vineyard or wherever. And the next day when I was an extra on the set, which I was, and I was waiting on them every day. I was with you know Demi Moore and John Cusack. He would come over and play. At that time, I think you were with Demi Moore. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, shit. Uh, you're right. <laughs> and Cusack would come over and play. Uh, he had such a bad reputation. He was like, he was having sex with all the like divorced ladies on the island. It was crazy. Yeah. So anyway, the next day when we were on set doing extra work, the director said, Lisa, come here. I need you to say. And I went, I'm getting my sack card. I'm getting my sack card. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud. But in my head, yes. I was very excited because it's I probably best he didn't say pimped yeah. my friend. <laughs> Might have come off Good for get. you. That's how I did it. That's back when Joel they Murray. They taffed hardly me. Good for you. Wow. But then well, they cut the scene because it was unnecessary. Oh, that's Completely right. unnecessary. <laughs> That. A lot of unnecessary stuff stayed in that movie. Yes. Which is what makes it great. That's a great movie. I love it. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, we have another uh, very tall drink of water to wish a happy birthday to Miss Allison Janney, who turns oh. 57, but she can play anywhere from smart to smart ass. I have not seen The West Wing. I cannot believe it. I can't have no. either. I try I to start him. it, and then I it, a lot of names. Have you seen Drop Dead Gorgeous? That's another one of my favorite movies. That is a great movie. That's great been re- movie. That's been recommended. The, Will Sasso? Exactly. Huh? Will, Will Sasso in that? Will Sasso has literally the funniest movie moment ever in the history in of movies. I have to revisit yeah. that. I replayed that back when you could rewind. I literally, <laughs> but my friend Nancy and I were watching it at home. I replayed it about 29 times. I fell off the bed laughing. What, what, what scene are you talking about? Isn't he throughout the whole thing? Yeah, it, it, at the hardware store when he's running back and forth with a can of paint. Huffing the can of paint. <laughs> I fell off the bed laughing. You have to see the movie. It's hilarious. I have to go back and review that. I was going to say, I need to see Drop Dead Gorgeous again. And it's I also really need good. to see 10 Things I Hate About You because I did not go to that because for some reason it seemed like a teen romp and it wouldn't interest me. But I like Shakespeare, Allison. man. It was yeah, a slightly right? more mature a of the teen better. romps at the time, yeah. I also find this kind of interesting that Alice and Janney got to start by doing comedic roles in soap operas 
like as the world turns and the guiding light. I believe that. Guiding Comedic light. roles in the guiding God, light. I love that name. Oh, guiding I love the light. guiding light. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about the names <laughs> of those shows. Um, also, she. Uh, the edge of night. <laughs> she's six, edge of love. She's six feet tall, which I just think is so awesome because whenever she played opposite Martin Sheen, she towered over him, but they didn't hold that against her and not cast her. And I think that that's really. As a tall woman, sometimes you have to... But that's what you're going for. I mean, back in the day, Jane Lynch and I always used to show up at network uh, auditions together. We would be the ones that they had weeded down to. And when I would see her down the hall, as I'd walking towards the office, I'd go, boy, they don't know what they want, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It's you and me. Well, it is funny when women are taller than men. I guess that's part of the comedy, too. So that's very strong. You star alongside Tom Cruise. How tall is Tom Cruise? Taller than me. Oh, there you got that going for you. And I got to tell you what, he is one kind of a lover if you're going (gasps) to judge it on how he was kissing up on my arm and my neck. He just does not disappoint. (laughs) I don't care what anybody (laughs) says. Hey, he's a Theta 7. I mean, come on. (laughs) All right. Where um, were you, Karen? I was just going to say that Alice and Janney early on get a discouraging word from a casting agent. I mean, who hasn't? But uh, they said that she wasn't going to get a big break because of her height, and the only roles that she could ever play were aliens and lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, a lesbian alien. <laughs> a lesbian alien. Let's do it. Like, that's a bad thing. I know, right? There's plenty of roles for lesbian Mars aliens. Mars Attacks. That's mostly lesbians, right? <laughs> it's in your version. In your, <laughs> yes, that'd be perfect for you. But, uh, Bart, you know how this much I love movie. when celebrities sing? Uh, this is true, Lisa Ann Walter. This is going to happen to you a lot now that you've been on the show. Yes. Uh, oh. People come up to me all the time, uh-huh. and they say, tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe. And the first thing I tell them is, it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or not. If she sees you, she's going to French kiss you. (laughs) I learned from Lisa. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the second thing I tell them, this is what you're going to want to tell them, is that she loves, Karen Volpe loves when celebrities sing. I do. I should have looked up and seen if you were singing online anywhere. That would have been exciting. Oh, yes, I do. Uh Uh-huh. I should have looked that up. I just thought of it right now. But in the meantime, we'll save that for when. When's your birthday? I'll do your birthday one of these days. August third. Oh, we'll keep that in mind. We'll have a, I'll have you singing. Well, right yeah. now we're gonna... you're going to have me singing. Don't tell my age. That's what you're going to have. <laughs> me sing. I'm an age That's range. That's true. I I always try to do them rangey. I won't say your age. Thank but you. um, I liked. I, I Paul and I did nine to five last year, and uh, I played Alice and Janney's part, and Paul played the boss. So we were going which nose to nose, which mm-hmm. is so much Dabney fun. Dabney Coleman. Uh, Paul, Paul even grew a mustache, which is a big deal for him. Dabney. It takes months. But uh, here's Allison Janney singing her title song, um, 9 to 5, singing her star, oh. star turn. Uh, one of the boys. The most beautiful, beautiful, glamorous, glamorous. tell you when I was doing that part because they wrote the part for Allison I never warmed up when I went to the theater because it was pretty much a range of like six notes yeah. and it was all right in my belt I always felt <laughs> women like, can fake ah. singing better than men can fake sing <laughs> Richard Harris did a pretty good he job he did a great did job good fake singing yeah. Rex Harrison yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, that wraps another showcast, everybody. Uh, together, Ooh. we're the Movie Guys. Individually, we are. Follow us on Twitter at TheMovieGuys, <laughs> Facebook.com slash TheMovieGuys, YouTube, iTunes, Instagram, all that nonsense for daily jokes and links. 
And thanks to Lisa Ann Walter. Yay! Is there a social media presence for what you're oh up to? Oh my goodness, there so is. Uh, Lisa Ann Walter on all of it, and that's uh, A N N No E Walter No S. Or you can also follow me on my new my new podcast, The Chick Show. Which oh. is, if you just type in the chick show and look for the hot pink thing, that's it. Okay. Well, well, podcast one. I like it. And right. uh, dependencedaycom Oh, absolutely. For all of your Dependence Day And, you know, if you've got a night where you're sitting in with your loved one or a bunch of your friends and you want to goof on probably a movie that looks a lot like your life, rent it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not expensive, and it's a lot of laughs, on everything. I promise. On everything. Yeah. Uh, VOD-wise, it's out there. And a good festival run, too. Yeah, that, it was, right? and oh, yeah. won a lot of awards, and it's just, a, it's just a sweet, funny movie with actually some really big laughs. Because I don't like... I don't like rom-coms. I'm going to tell you my girl's secret. I don't like oh. rom-coms. So I wouldn't be happy if I was in one. But you do love the love, actually. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I don't cry. But it goes a little further than that. Yeah, 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 totally. I love that movie. What do you like better, the rom or the com, when you go to a rom-com? Com. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like the com, too. The com. Uh, thanks, as always, to Steve Schultz for its contributing comedy material to the show each and every week. And, of course, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. And remember, you can always find us at themovieguys.net. Next week... Allied, Bad Santa 2, and because Dwayne Johnson has been in a movie in, what, a couple of weeks? A couple weeks. Moana will be here as well, the Disney animated film. And we will see you then. Yeah! Woo.